Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Sean Hackett. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. If you'd like to get a pair of free deerskin work gloves, send an email to marketing at axontire.com and uh, tell them the Moving Iron Podcast sent you, and they will send you a free deerskin glove. Not not the deer that I shot. It's not the same, not the same deerskin, but it's the uh it's pretty close to the same. So check that out. If you're interested in doing that, send an email to marketing at axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is also brought to you by Ax or Axon. I did that one. This is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Help connect your customers' experience and transform how you work today. Sean is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida, and he's nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So, Sean, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Real good. It's uh, yeah, the fall weather's coming here in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Some people call it fall. Some people call it summer. Whatever. You know, it's the same difference. It's all relative, right, Sean? It's all relative. But we are finally getting in the 70s, which we haven't seen in seven months. So for us, that's time to click our heels and be thankful. So. Break out the parkas, fellas. It's getting ready to get cold. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, Sean, lots of stuff going on as usual. Um, interesting report came out last night, and I was reading through uh, some notes and stuff and kind of seeing what was going on in the marketplace. The uh, UN came out and said, hey, guess what? Food prices declined for the sixth straight month in a row. I, I guess I haven't noticed that that decline in food prices, but somebody has. So I guess the uh, 
I guess, you know, input costs and those kind of things. We've talked about those things leading up that we're seeing where the market's at right now. The market had a pretty big dip um, mid, I mean, pretty much the summer months kind of dropped off from where it was in the spring. But now we're seeing it come back up. Some of these food prices probably are, you know, some contracts and stuff that they bought during that dip. And, you know, we're seeing that that response now come back out. But, you know, moving forward, Sean, it looks like to me food prices are going to be, we might see a bit of a reprieve here. But, it, you know, looking at the way things are and inflation the way it is, I don't really see a big movement in food prices. Do you? Well, as long as the Fed continues to raise interest, we just got the jobs report out this morning and they were very, according to the media, they were stronger than expected. The dollar is strong. Everyone's expecting them to keep rank, you know, cranking up the interest rates and pulling the money supply. So long as you're in that mode, it's going to be very hard for any commodity to sustain a rally beyond, you know, like we've seen in grains where they had this, you sure. know, but, but I don't see them really being able to counteract that very, very uh, deflationary force of lower liquidity and higher interest rates. Right. And if we get improved weather as we get into 2023 with El Nino, means bigger crops. So overall, you know, we, we topped out in February when Russia invaded Ukraine. And overall, all commodities, including agricultural prices as a whole, have been down. And so we're starting to see those lower prices filtered still dramatically higher from what we've been accustomed to. But, you know, relative to Tory, where things are improving on that front, and they're, and they're probably going to continue to improve unless there's a uh, some new catalyst that comes along to change the Fed's trajectory um, or something else comes along that overrides the Fed's trajectory. And for now, I think, as we've discussed, I think the grain markets have kind of topped out here. And uh, you know, we kind of think we're rolling over. Harvest is really cranking now. New supplies are coming in. Not really anything to worry about in South America until at least December weather-wise. So it just looks to me like we're going to be in some kind of corrective mode here uh, for the next 30 or 45 days. So, Yeah, and there, another article I was going to bring up too, and you kind of hit on it there, was you know, the Minneapolis Fed President, um, Neil Shikari. I don't know if that's how you say the last name. But anyway, uh, almost no evidence uh, inflation's coming down anytime soon. So. You can quote me on that, sir. That's kind of what they said. So it's there's there's a long long road to go here. Um, <clears throat> well, remember, inflation is not just commodities. You know, right? It's everything. Th- yeah. There's commodity inflation. There's mm-hmm. health uh, cost inflation. Sure. There's wage inflation. You know, I I deal with my focus is commodity inflation. Now we had commodity inflation like crazy in the 2000s, but we didn't have overall high inflation because the other components were kept. At bay. What's different this time is that we have all uh, pillars of inflation running at the same time. So I guess what I'm focusing on is I think that the commodity inflation that we have been seeing, which is a component of overall inflation, is coming down. But is that going to override wage inflation, health uh, cost inflation, and you know transportation inflation and logistical inflation? Um, not necessarily, but it will help a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It will help a little bit. Right on. So throw a little gas on the fire. I'm assuming this would throw gas on the fire. The FAO uh, lower, lowers global cereal grain production forecast. Uh, cut the uh, 2022 to 2023 global cereal grain production to 2.768 billion metric tons down from 5.9 million metric tons. So my math, and you know, I'm not 
I'm an equipment guy, not a mathematician. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, I forget to carry the one sometimes. So if you do, if you look at that, that's about half of what of where production actually used to be. So yeah. that's gonna make that's gonna be a big deal when you look at the overall outcome of how the world, especially when you throw in that in when you're looking at Ukraine, which I'm sure that's a lot of that. If you look at the Russia-Ukraine situation, there's a lot of talk of famine in the world. And we've talked about it on here quite a bit. And what that looks like going into 23, especially with world ending stocks and those kind of things. I guess, what's your thought on 23 and in, in, in grain prices? Are you still as bullish as, as you have been? Or are you more, are you, are you starting to temper that a little bit based on maybe some of these grains getting out of, out of Russia and out of, out of Ukraine? Well, I mean, we, you know, we, we made our first cash sell recommendation on grains in May. Mm-hmm. And then we made our second cash sell recommendation here in the last couple of weeks. We do think we're, you know, looking less favorable. Uh, we mentioned it at your summit, you yep. know, we're, we're less favorable prices heading into 23 because, um, you know, we are seeing some demand come down. We always do. Ethanol demand is coming down. When we look at, we have all the animal feeding units for feed. We know Europe had mass herd liquidation due to drought. We know the U.S. has had mass herd liquidation due to drought. We know that um, China's had mass herd liquidation due to poor economics uh, and af- African swine fever. So when we look at the amount of animals that are going to need to be fed, it's just not there. So feed demand is going to be down. Ethanol demand is going to be corn-based ethanol demand is going to be down. And when we look at the current demand, if we looked at the exports for corn, for example, they're right. way, way below where they need to be to meet the current USDA expectations on demand. So what we're so there's always two phases, right? The first phase is there's no supply. Um, the market got it wrong, and then they have to dramatically reduce the balance sheet. And then the market always is sticky and try, and they always think demand's going to stay the same, whether it's eight dollar corn or four dollar corn. We know that's not true. So demand's too is too high. The demand's going to have to come down, which means these ending stocks that look historically unbearably tight will loosen up some and 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 if we have better weather uh which we strongly believe we're going to have you know el nino kind of weather more moisture cooler temperatures record yields and we're going to be building ending stocks in the next 12 months and that means you know we can argue where the price should go is it five and a half is it four and a half is it six lots of factors go into exactly where it winds up but it's hard for us to see significant upside in grain markets with that outlook unless there's something new that comes along to tip the scales you know some escalation geopolitical escalation some significant rule change by some government somewhere um i don't know but right now we're, we're definitely feeling defensive and we think we're in a period of pause now it doesn't change the long-term inflationary picture for agricultural food prices but we're in a pause period that um we think has more has further to go before we reach what we think would be the next important low and bullish turning point sometime next spring, summer of 2023. Gotcha. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, the protein markets real quick and where those stand. Um, still a lot, of, a lot of herd liquidation going on. Um, you're seeing that kind of stuff. We're seeing some rains getting to the western part of the united states we're starting to see that kind of develop i saw an article the other day they were talking about a storm coming out of alaska that was going to affect the the west coast um pretty significantly in some places where it could be flash flooding and those kind of things so there's that going on um when you look at what's going on with cattle prices you've been 
bullish going into this time. Like you talked about some bullish time frames going into the spring and then kind of a reassessment point at that point. Sean, talk a little bit about what you see happening in the cattle market and then what you see happening on the hog side because the hogs get beat in the head one week and the next week they get it all back and they get beat in the head again. So I guess talk about that a little bit. Where I think we are right now with hogs and cattle is that we have an air pocket in demand right now. We've been seeing a correction of both. It's kind of like what happened to the milk market over the summer. We had this big, big correction on this hole in demand. And now we're seeing milk prices stabilize and starting to work higher. I don't think we're done with livestock yet in terms of cattle and hogs with this hole in demand. I think we have a little further to go, You know, maybe another 30 days, maybe another 45 days. But think of it that what's bad for grains in the next 12 months is good for livestock. If the feed price comes down, if we get the rains out west, if we get the pasture growth going, if we get the alfalfa and the hay production going and we get cheaper feed, then the herd liquidation stops. And everyone says, you know what? Boy, this, you know, these, these feed prices, this works pretty well with the current price that we have. We're going to start rebuilding the hog herd and the cattle herd, retain those animals you know, get reproduction going. And that means less animals coming to the packing houses, coming to the market. That's the scenario for late this year, you know, into let's say summer, fall of 2023. So, so if you think about 2013, 14, the grains came down like this and the livestock sector went up like this, we kind of, and, and you know, that's kind of what we think is set up here is a good period for livestock producers and, you know, kind of a, kind of a give back here for the, uh, for the grain, for the grain producers at this point, um, and that's kind of normal. That's kind of normal when you end a herd liquidation cycle. It's not now. Remember, feed demand is going to be down, but but if you start to rebuild the herds, especially for the hogs, back half of 2023, feed demand for hogs globally is going to start to improve. China's going to be rebuilding. We're going to rebuild. It takes a little longer for to get the cattle thing going. That'll be a feed demand increase for 24. But if you think this through, if we get to the one in 100 year drought cycle in 24, 25. And we get the feed demand situation going and we have very low prices. You could see where there could be a really interesting feed buying opportunity. Right. Um, spring, summer of 23, kind of like what we saw in 2020. So we're kind of gearing our customers up for that window of opportunity to get feed bought for one to two years. In the meantime, you know, if I'm a li- if I'm a grain producer right now, I, you know, I want to be I want to be sell- cash selling rallies. I want to be looking for opportunities to keep protecting my downside price risks. You've had a good run; prices are are healthy, um, but you know, you you don't want to be sitting trying to sell five and a half to four and a half dollar corn next spring or summer. Because remember, what happens is the the corn price comes down, Casey, but the inputs are sticky. They don't come down right away. So you get the lower corn price, but the fertilizer hasn't quite come down yet. And the seed price hasn't quite come down yet. And your cash rents don't quite come down yet. And so if you don't get them priced now, when the beginning is good, you're upside down losing money all of a sudden when you should be making money. And I'm trying to avoid that for our customers and for anyone involved in the ag business on the, on the production side of grains. Just don't be that person that's selling $5 corn, but the fertilizer is still too high. Now the following year, all the inputs come down. Right. And then, while the core price goes up and then you have the ability to lock in the inputs, but keep your, your, your top site open. And that's the game when it deals with cash grain marketing, you always have to lock in your inputs at a different time than you lock in your corn, soybean price or wheat price. 
very rarely do you ever get an opportunity to lock both in at the same time and really get a good margin. You have to be proactive on both sides. Right now, the opportunity is to get your cash grain sold and wait to buy the inputs at a later date when they start coming down. Right. Yep. Good stuff. All right, Sean. Good stuff as usual, man. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you're doing over at Hackett Financial. What's the best way to do that? Our website is Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, <coughs> advisors.com. Lots of information on there to tell people, uh, inform people more about how we do things, our weather algorithm and such to see if what we do may have, be of some value to anyone involved in the ag space. Go check that out. Lots of good information there for free that you can check that out and get a lot of good information headed your way. And Sean does a great job with his newsletters and stuff like that, that he puts out on the subscription side of things. So Sean, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks Casey. Keep up your good work. And I look forward to continuing on as we go through this uh, amazing decade ahead for agriculture. It's going to be a fun ride. Maybe rough a few times, but it'll be, it'll be fun nonetheless. So, I am Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. See me on LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and the ever so cleverly named Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel where you can find the video version of this very podcast there. So uh, more information about the Moving Iron Summit, it will be listed on the movingironllc.com website where you can find all the information about anything Moving Iron related. Uh, The Moving Iron Summit is September 11th through the 13th at the downtown Hilton there in Nashville, Tennessee in 23. So if you're interested in doing that, Axon Tire has been nice enough to give you guys $50 off of your registration for the first 150 people that sign up. So if you're interested in doing that, make sure you get that done and uh, we'll go from there. More information will be posted there uh, in a manner. So we're just working through a few few details here with uh, myself and my planning committee. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett, Smooth Smart Folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century.